Hello, and welcome to Co-op Cast. This week, Steve and Elijah will catch up on some reviews and get you all the co-op news. Welcome to Co-op Cast. My name is Steve. And I'm Elijah. And in this week's episode, we're going to talk about what the co-op community's been up to. And due to the holidays, we do not have much news to cover, and we are going to do our huge year-end review. With that said, let's do a quick recap of what we've been up to. So I had something fun that happened recently. Uh, my family has this uh, tradition they want to do every year. Actually, it's my, my uh, wife's family, technically. But they have this pink flying pig uh, Christmas lawn ornament. And what they do is they set up this Jenga game. And it's uh, families versus families. And so every family takes turn playing this Jenga game. And the loser has to take this pink flying pig whatever monstrosity <laughs> lawn ornament and put them out in the yard with the rest of their Christmas uh, ornaments. And so you have to take a picture and send it to everyone. So it's kind of like a little fun little, I don't know, uh, gag to do over the holiday season. So we, uh, we played that. I'm uh, proud to announce that uh, my wife and I did not take the pig home, but my son was a little sad for that because he actually <laughs> kind of liked the pig. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe next year he might intentionally knock over the Jenga pile. Nice. But that's pretty fun to do. When you said pig, I was thinking of bacon. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, so for myself, um, I'm enjoying some paid time off of work. Uh, I ended up burning a little bit of time over the year and um, have a big pool at the end, like maybe some of our listeners. And um, I recently purchased Fallout 76 on the PC and been playing that. Um, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Fallout looks pretty cool. I need to use, take, take a look at that at some point. Especially when we, after we talked about it, it looks, I don't know, so immersive. You should buy the game and then you'll never have a see your family again. <laughs> <laughs> As for what the co-op community has been up to, we have our Slack members sharing fun lists of what games they want to play over the holiday season with their families. So it's been fun seeing uh, the different tastes and what games they have and they haven't played yet. So it's been fun sharing those lists. So if you want to join in on the fun, uh, join us on Slack. There should be a link in the show notes. As for the rest of the episode, we are not going to cover news in this episode, mostly due to the holiday season. There's not a whole lot of new stuff coming out now, we don't feel like. There's a few Kickstarters here and there, but I think once we uh, cross over the holiday season, there'll be probably a lot more to talk about. Uh, But I think we're going to just jump right into the year-end review. And so intention here is to kind of compliment what, what Mike and Peter did last week when they ranked 20 games that they reviewed. So they did an awesome job in that podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it, uh, where they cover all the games for the whole year that they reviewed and kind of rank them from uh, 20 and work their way all the way up to 1. And they also talked about some of the highlights of the year. So for Elijah and I, we're going to just talk into the highlights for us. For the first topic we're going to talk about is what did you enjoy playing this year and what stood out? So go ahead, Elijah. What what game stood out for you this year? Um. You know, this was a tough one. So many games were played um, and so much fun was had at the table. Um, Probably the single thing that stands out in my mind um, was the Dunwich Legacy campaign for Arkham Horror, the card game. So playing that with my wife, um, she is Rex, uh, playing as Rex, and he is just an investigation clue monster. And um, I'm playing Daisy, and I'm all about the aggro and the combat and... um, just as a team, we've been really just having a lot of fun and um, just working our way through the story, and it's just really memorable for me. 
Oh, this just in? I think I need a new host, so let's not just give you a hard time. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I do like Arkham Horror. I just got to give you a hard time because we had our debate, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Mike and Peter are loving that you have chosen Arkham Horror to be your the game that stood up for you this year. Yeah, it's just, you know, I really like the direction um, that Fantasy Flight has taken the concept and the engine behind the kind of Lord of the Rings card game. Um I'm a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft, and I sort of love Cthulhu. I know it's kind of, there's a lot of games around the theme, but um, it's just really fun. I'm sitting with my wife on a Saturday morning, having coffee, and we're just playing in the game room, working our way through the story, and it can get real tense. And, um, you know, it's never really a walk in the park. It's always um, the bad stuff when you pull that and you really feel um, the theme. I really love it. So it's a lot of fun as well when you upgrade a card and throw it in your deck and then it pops out and it's just, it just feels really good. So it's a great game. Yeah, How it's about- awesome. You're playing with your wife. I uh, I mean, I really don't play it as much anymore. Um, I've played it a little bit when we were trying to do the uh, review for the debate. But um, I will be hopefully playing it a little bit with uh, uh, one of our Slack members, Terrence, on, online. So looking forward to that. But Regardless, I still uh, look at the news feeds whenever Arkham Horror news comes up because it's really fun to see what the Fancy Flight crew does with these living card games. They're they're very clever in what mechanics they do and how they take this base system and twist into something new and exciting. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun this year. And uh, how about you, Steve? What did you enjoy playing this uh, this year? So I'll just do a quick mention. Um, my most played game this year is kind of no surprise being Lord of the Rings, a living card game. But um, I'll leave that one a little bit alone because I'll talk about probably a little bit more later in this list. But the big one I'll talk about is Spirit Island. That game still hits this table. I'm, it was my game of the year last year, and I've had the benefit of playing with our friends overseas, Jan and Dave, a couple of times with Spirit Island. That's been a lot of fun. Where I set up a uh, tabletop simulator uh, uh, screen share so we can show the board state. And that way it's a little bit easier than set up a camera. And then we grab our physical components and we play the game. And it's been, oh man, other than figuring out the time zone difference, it's been a lot of fun. That's interesting, Steve. So you guys play only uh, on tabletop, is that right? Well, kind of. I, I'm i one that I'm fine with playing games completely digital. But if I have the choice, I always like having some type of a physical interaction if I can. So even with my uh, buddy out in California, when we play Lord of the Rings, the living card game, we always set up webcams, we play cards, um, but lately I've also been playing Lord of the Rings completely digital on Octagon with uh, Terrence and Colin uh, from One Stop Co-op Shop. Um, but for uh, Dave and Jan, if I know it's easiest, if we could share the board state through Tabletop Sim, where I can zoom in and move pieces around easier than having to like set up this camera, make sure that my lighting's okay and my angle's right. And it takes up a lot of space too, honestly. And this way I can just grab your know, spirit board and a deck of cards and I can just manage my deck, my my spirit player board um, and the board state while they also help cover some of those things too, which is nice because I remember one, one of them was taking care of uh, the fear cards and how, many, how much we have there and the other one's running the Vader deck and it ran really well, a lot of fun. So I look forward to more plays with those guys. Awesome. So that was a nice positive note, but let's um, jump down to what was the biggest letdown for you this year? So go ahead, start us off, Elijah. Uh, This was a little harder for me, Steve. I tend to read rule books and watch reviews for any game I will um, buy or play. And um, this one was sort of um, not something that I purchased, but, uh, you know, and I don't want to offend you here, but it for me is Detective, a modern crime board game. So 
Um, I think in concept, it's really cool. Sort of, um, you know, be a detective and, and kind of solve crime. And, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of a story there and stuff. But um, I think for me, it just kind of fell flat. So it ended up being quite a brain burner. Um, some of the clues were really difficult to uncover. Um, you know, it does use a computer and online tracking for sort of the fingerprints and things you're uncovering during the case. It's, um, I think really not for me, it just was a letdown. So I guess uh, I'm not sure what I expected, um, but I gave it a shot. And for me, that was, a let I think if you're a, a wannabe detective or you're going to the police academy <laughs> and you want to be a detective, this would be probably a great game. But for me, uh, I typically in a game, I like theme and I like to unwind and I like to just have fun and explore and grow my character. And um, this was a little bit of the opposite, not much character growing at all. My abilities really never came into play a little bit slightly, um, but there's a lot of analyzing and I tend to do that in my normal everyday uh, career. And so for me, that was my biggest letdown. Yeah, I have a few things to say about this as well. So um, I actually kind of agree with you. So I say kind of with a, a slight caveat. So uh, if you, a little bit of a spoiler, but if you listen to Mike and Peter's uh, top 20 game review, um, they also weren't very kind to Detective. And I kind of agree, honestly. But here's my caveat. We played the first scenario together. And yeah, that just kind of, it wasn't very good. I agree completely. It just missed the mark. I felt like we kind of explored most of the avenues. There wasn't a whole lot to do. Um, it wasn't as engaging. But the caveat is when I played at Gen Con, that scenario six, it was actually really fun. I really enjoyed it. So I'm wondering if... It has a very it's very scenario dependent for me, and I kind of want to try the other scenarios and see how those pan out. But like the six scenario, without I'm not going to talk about any spoilers here. Uh, but for that one, I felt like there was just so much to do, and there was no way you could do everything. So you really had to pick and choose what you were doing, and there was a lot of depth to go down each of these I don't know, paths uh, to go exploring, investigating. And I felt like you could actually do that. I felt like there was a lot more you could do with like researching online. Um, it still was a long game, and I and no matter what, I think that's going to happen in this game. Like we're looking at uh, two, three hours probably, and that's not a a, a pro in my mind. But I kind of want to give it another go and see what happens. But yeah, I agree with you. I am very hesitant to recommend Detective at this point, so that's a that's a good choice. Yeah, like I said, it's uh, there's probably a great game there for some folks, um, and I definitely don't want to sway any of our listeners away from giving it a try. Uh, but for me, over all the games I played in uh, 2018, it was definitely the biggest letdown. So how about you, Steve? What was uh, your biggest letdown? So this one is a pretty easy one for me. Um, I'm a, I don't, I'm not saying a big comic book nerd, whatever, but I love superheroes, especially with the Marvel movies. I watch them all. And I watch a lot of uh, superhero shows with my wife. And that one was uh, Thanos Rising. So I saw this. I'm like, cool, a mainstream superhero game. I hope it'll be good, but being mainstream, you never know. <laughs> you always have some hesitation, and unfortunately, it just missed the mark. So if you're not familiar with this game, there's a giant Thanos statue in the middle, and he's trying to gather the Infinity Stones to, you know, uh, complete his gauntlet, which is what you try to stop him. And you're playing as the Marvel characters from the movie, which is really cool. And you're rolling these dice and trying to uh, build a team of Marvel superheroes, and it just fell flat for me. Um... I have no problem rolling dice and doing combos, but there were just times when you just felt like you wasted your turn and didn't do anything. And th some of the 
thematic tie-ins to the superheroes weren't very strong. Some of them made absolutely no sense. And I'm a, I mean, I still even like Marvel Legendary. And admittedly, that game has that problem too. But for whatever reason, it really bothered me more in this Thanos Rising. And so I played it multiple times to try to see if I liked it. And yeah, no, it just didn't work out. And I hope we do get a really good superhero game in the future. So enough being negative, let's jump over to something a little more positive. Let's talk about a hidden gem. And what I mean by that is a game that kind of flew underneath the radar that maybe not a lot of people are talking about. You thought was actually pretty good, but... Maybe not good enough to be game of the year, but something that you should definitely keep an eye out for. And for me, that's going to be Renegade. Uh, Colin and I did a podcast episode on this with the designer. Uh, if you can look that up and listen to that one, that was pretty fun. But for me, Renegade is this, uh, I don't know, cyberpunk uh, universe where you are hackers trying to take down a computer AI that took over the world, basically. And it's very abstract. And... Admittedly, Abstract's not really my cup of tea, but for this, it's uh, it wound up being a pretty fun deck builder, actually, and it wound up being really thinky. And it, for whatever reason, it gave me that same feeling as when I played Mage Knight, where I got that, I don't know, that same, I don't know, gears that are turning for Mage Knight. But what really stood out for me is Renegade, you can play it so quick. You can play it in less than an hour, definitely. As opposed to Mage Knight, you're sitting down playing that for, I don't know, multiple hours at a time. So it kind of, it was... Something that I wasn't expecting. How much does the theme come through in that one, Steve? Yeah, so the theme, it's not... It's its there, but it's there in terms of terminology, I think, but not necessarily in what you're doing. At least for me, that's the case. So if you're not familiar with it, you're dropping down countermeasures, which are just little, just little tokens onto um, no, servers on the board. Um, and you can... And a bunch of servers are called networks. So, like, from a, from a gameplay perspective, it makes sense if you know computer lingo what that all means and what that means from a gameplay perspective. Um, but after that fact, I'm just, you know, putting down stuff on the board. It's, I do have that disconnect, unfortunately. But it's such a thinky, meaty game that I can overlook that. And it's pretty fun. I, I do enjoy it. It's a um, small box and a deck builder and something that I can actually bring on work trips every once in a while. And there's one other game I want to note as an honorable mention, and that is SEAL Team Flex. I didn't want to list this as the hidden gem yet because, honestly, I just really need to play it more. I think there's some awesome experiences we've had in campaign play, and we've had some things in uh, one-off scenarios which had me questioning a little bit. So I need to play it a little bit more, but overall, I was actually really impressed with it. And what I mean by that is I came into it expecting, like, oh, yeah, you know, just a simple, you know, dexterity flicking game. I don't know what your thoughts were, um, Elijah, on that one. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, we'll definitely have to play it more, and I think we'll be covering it in a future podcast. Um, it's really different mechanics. If you have not heard of it, I suggest you go look it up and just kind of take a quick look. It um, is definitely a hidden gem. Um, so I know this one hasn't gotten a lot of buzz, but um, was at Gen Con, and it's you know, really fun on gameplay. Yeah, and I guess what really stood out to me was the fact that you know, I expect it to be some type of simple dexterity game, which it does have that in there, but... The fact that we had to, when Elijah and I were playing, we had to sit there and plan out our our turns in advance. And it wasn't just like one turn out there. We had to plan multiple turns out there because the uh, the board state can really turn on you quick if you're not careful. And that made it really fun. You know, almost to like a Euro level, but we're still having a, a really fun theme on top of it. So, And, you, and, and you're a bad flicker. <laughs> what? And you're a bad what? flicker. <laughs> you can't flick. <laughs> I are you sure? Oh, yeah, okay. It's bad, guys. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's bad. <laughs> so I even had Colin uh, see some of my uh, flicks when I was trying to like 
Um, I was messing around with video editing. I sent that video to him, and yeah, it was it was not good, guys. It was it's pretty bad. But I'm sure everyone will get a chance to see how bad my flicking is because I do plan to cover this in a video at some point in the future. So, uh, yeah, it's not my game, but it's fun. I don't care. I'm really bad at it. I need Elijah to help carry me through these missions because oh, brother. apparently as a uh, sniper, I can't snipe. And I need someone with a shotgun to snipe for me. So, <laughs> Well, I think that's what makes the game kind of silly is, um, you know, it's not um, it's not a Euro. I mean, there is flicking and, you know, I wouldn't categorize it maybe as a dexterity game, but obviously a lot of the combat is resolved through dexterity. So it, you know as you flick this disc, it's like if it hits your fingernail in the right way or not, and it makes it a lot of fun, actually. It does. Yeah, and just to clarify my comment about uh, the Euro thing, I felt like when I play Euros, I have to plan multiple turns in advance, and I definitely felt that in this game, which I wouldn't have expected at all, honestly. So, we'll see. Well, uh, Elijah and I will continue playing this game and get through a campaign, and be sure to look for an episode in the future. So, but that's my uh, hidden gems. Elijah, what about you? So my hidden gem this year was Maximum Apocalypse. So this is a game that um, has just, in my opinion, gone completely under the radar. Um, I think there was a little bit of buzz back when it kind of came out. Um, There's a Kickstarter that is being fulfilled now for an expansion. And um, for those of you who don't know, uh, essentially what it is, is it's a... um, it takes place in a sort of a post-apocalyptic world. And there's a bunch of different characters with the decks that are pre-made. So, for example, you have a surgeon and you have a marksman or a ranger. Um, you have a mechanic. And, you know, they, they have a deck of cards and in them there's various things that you can do. Um, and they're very tailored to that individual. So the surgeon is a lot of healing and stims and things like that. Um, and it's basically comprised of these little tiles, like a three by three. And you sort of randomly generate the board face down. And then you basically go through trying to complete an objective. So uh, this is one Steve and I just recently played a nuclear winter. We had to go and sort of roam around the world and um, gather up some materials, newspapers and blankets and fuel and roam around exploring and flipping over the tiles. And you have to be careful that you um, every turn you're uh, having to draw from your deck and um, you're always having to combat hunger. And so for me, uh, this is just a really fun game. Um, it, it's definitely a hidden gem. I just, there's not a lot of, uh, buzz about it and, uh, reviews out there, but we will be covering this in a future podcast and also hoping to get the designer on. And, um, for me, this is definitely my hidden gem of 2018. It's just a marvelous game, um, for what you get in the box. Very simple, approachable, and, uh, just a lot of fun. I love this game. It's so much fun. Like, if Elijah didn't already own it, I would totally go and buy it. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's that good. Well, and I I must admit that the post-apocalyptic theme isn't something that normally draws me to games. uh, But this is definitely one of the better ones I've played, for sure. And uh, we'll talk about more, but it's so... The cooperative nature of it and the player decks and the variety kind of the game is awesome. Big fan. And so now we'll jump to our most memorable game experience of 2018. And this can be sort of um, overall, what was the thing that stuck out the most for you? And I'm just going to jump right into it, Steve. For me, this is definitely the sword and sorcery that we have been playing. So, um, you know, we have our characters leveling up and, and running through the missions and questing and um, quite a couple late game nights and um, a lot of fun, though. This was for me uh, definitely following this story. 
and leveling up, you know, picking the different abilities, doing the shopping back in town. I just had a lot of fun this year with the uh, Sword and Sorcery. So that was probably my most memorable uh, that stuck out. I have a lot of other fun things, um, but for me, this is just kind of sticks out as probably the big thing of 2018 for me is you and I working through that story and that campaign. I I really love the AI in that game, how it's handled. Um, I, I love the characters. They feel unique. You know, I hear some reviews, I've seen some reviews and heard some comments that can get kind of fiddly, um, but it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a surprise to me. I wouldn't have expected you to pick that as your memorable game experience. But yeah, it's been, I agree with you, it's been a lot of fun, especially with moments where, so your character being like this, I don't know, like I get a chance of a... Bone saw? Yeah, bone saw. <laughs> if anybody knows uh, the Spider-Man, like it was first Spider-Man movie with the... Uh, the wrestler, oh, God, I can't remember the name. Um, oh, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage? Thank you, yes. yes. Playing that character. Boom, saw. <laughs> and uh, when you happen to get your uh, special armor that's perfect for your character, will have to be like a bone armor. So now we got bone saw around with his, running around with his bone armor. It was just, I don't know, silly fun. Yes, it's amazing. And my troll ring. And so for me, I don't know, just, you know, play through that. And it's just really memorable, I think, for this year for me. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I agree. It's been, I've been enjoying the game as well. So I guess for me, my memorable game experience is from a con. And that con is Con of the Rings. And this is a player-created convention. And it was held at the Fancy Flight uh, Event Center, which was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that event, event center. If you've never been... Highly recommend going there. It's awesome. Really clean. Um, lots of games on the shelves you can buy, which aren't all Fancy Flight uh, products, just so you know. And a bunch of uh, a library and big open area. And the food's actually pretty decent, too, which is surprising. So big fan of that area. Anyway, so we went there, and there was a convention that was all about playing Lord of the Rings, the living card game. And so I met up with uh, Colin from One Stop Co-op Shop. And another member of our Slack, at Terrence as well, and his friend Caleb, and we just sat down, and the four of us played through the uh, Saga campaign. Well, not the whole Saga campaign. We got through, I don't know, well, probably almost half of it, but over the course of, what, three days, and that's all we played was Lord of the Rings Living Card Game, basically, and it was a blast. So much fun. But, like, playing four-player Saga, where you're trying to play with something like Breaking of the Fellowship, so... How that game mechanically handles that multiple stage staging areas and how you have to work together and how one person feels like, you know, they're the Frodo trying to run away and we're tr- are trying to escape and we're trying to help them escape. But we're all in our separate stages because we're all trying to, you know, um, buy Frodo time to, to leave. It just it worked out so well. And it was so much fun having a four player. If you don't know how this works, go check out Colin's one stop co-op shop. He just did a video of uh, the fellowship breaking the fellowship, but with two players, so you get a kind of idea of how it works. But with uh, the full complement of four, it's even more epic, and that was just awesome. Sounds like a bunch of nerds getting together, Steve. <laughs> it is exactly a bunch of nerds getting together to play a game. <laughs> well, yep, play a game all day. And great. I will say that uh, as a former resident of the Twin Cities, um, the Fantasy Flight Game Center is absolutely amazing, one of a kind. Um, so if you ever get a chance and you're swinging through the Twin Cities, um, check it out for sure. It's amazing. Well, that said, let's jump on to the big one. So what everyone's waiting to hear is, what are our game of the year? And this, so what this means is new to us. 
So for Elijah, go ahead and start us off. Yeah, this was tough, Steve. Um, so I'm not uh, – I'm a hobby gamer. I don't live and breathe and um, die and eat board games. Uh, I play them Wait, long. you eat board games? Yes, you can definitely eat cardboard. <laughs> I don't recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> Plastic might be a little hard in your teeth. But um, So for me, this was uh, tough. I think I actually have probably – the biggest one would probably be the Arkham Horror the Card Game. So overall, that's just an awesome game. Um, there's a lot of value. Um, it is a living card game, so you're you know moving. You've moved away from the collectible stuff, but um, it's like ep- episodes, you know. And so as you buy the packs, um, you know there, there is money there, but it helps grow your decks, um, and more characters, and you do have the story. Uh, I like the fail forward, so no matter what happens, you always have a resolution. And so for me, that's also great too. That you know when when stuff is getting really difficult. Um, you don't have to worry that, you know, you're going to lose. It just might resolve differently. And so um, we just, I've had a lot of fun um, with, you know, playing that. And uh, I just, I really love the artwork is amazing. Of course, the component quality is your typical fantasy flight. And so for me, um, that's my game of the year. I mean, I, I, it's pretty easy. Um, I do have a runner up. It is uh, the Fallout expansion. So by Fantasy Flight, which just arrived here in December very late in the year, um, but I think that was much needed, and so that game I really enjoy, and um, it, the expansion flushed it, out, flushed it out a little bit more, so we have it's true co-op now, um, added more to the library cards, more, ca- more characters, um, more to the map, and so uh, that's kind of my runner-up, is I, I really enjoy the Fallout universe and sort of that game, and so with the expansion, it's not really a game of the year, but um, for me, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the uh, story deck and how that worked in the Fallout game. It was really clever and felt like there was a lot of branching and choices it can do. Yeah, I mean, I think I could get samey if you played it a lot, but I mean, there is a. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, you know, there is branching. You get to decide, hey, which way do I want to go? Am I supporting this faction or this faction? I just love the way the monsters move. I love the leveling up, and uh, it's a great game. And so again, um, you know, it's something new. I'm going to give our listeners just a little preview. I'm actually uh, have purchased Fallout Wasteland Warfare. It's a tabletop miniature game, Fallout. Um, again, I'm geeking out in Fallout stuff. So um, come with me on that journey. <laughs> it might be fun. Um, <laughs> so that's, I guess, new to me as well that I wouldn't say is game of the year, uh, but just as a sort of honorable mention that I'm just having a lot of fun with that stuff. So, and how about you, Steve? Let's hear your big game of the year. What was new to you, and, and what would you categorize uh, as your game of the year? Yeah, for me, there's been a lot of good games that came out this year, but really one of them stood head and shoulders over the others. So it's a key, kind of an easy choice for me. It was one that I had my eye on for a while. I was reading the rules, and after I started hearing from others, I said, yeah, this is a really solid game. I started getting excited, and when I finally sat down to play it, it definitely lived up to my expectations and that one is Street Masters. So I'm sure you've heard uh, other uh, co-op cast member uh, Mike talk about his game and how he loves it quite a bit. But I also agree with him wholeheartedly on this one. Um, admittedly, I'm not super big into the fighting uh, theme, but I've always wanted a fighting theme board game to fill my collection. You know, I want to have you know a game for every type of I don't know. Uh, theme or genre essentially and this one fits that bill for me so you never played street fighter steve 
Uh, I did Mortal back Kombat, in the day, but I never, <laughs> I never had the, uh, I never played the video game as much. I only played when I went to your friends' houses, really. Sure. So yeah, so I understand some of the references, and I know some of the movie references in there, but they're not very strong for me as as other stuff. But it's the gameplay that really sells it for me. The I I love having the decks where you can um, explore how they how each character plays differently. And another game we mentioned earlier has this as well, being uh, Maximum Apocalypse, which is awesome. I love games that do stuff like that. And the co-op nature, where you have this tactical board and try to work together to take out a big boss, and you can mix and match different different uh, stages to have different environments, essentially, and different uh, bosses to go against with different uh, fighters. It just really adds to the replayability. So big fan of this one. Um, looking forward to more expansions coming out for it. And uh, really looking forward to uh, Brook City, which Elijah backed, and we should hopefully uh, be covering that when it comes out. So Yeah, Street Masters was a lot of fun. Uh, I played Mortal Kombat until my thumbs were bleeding, and um, I distinctly remember putting the PlayStation in the freezer because it would get so hot, and we'd put it in there for like <laughs> three minutes just to cool it down. And um, So I had a lot of fun with uh, Mortal Kombat Street Fighter. I mean, it wasn't arcade-like good where you could do all the special combos. But for me, uh, playing Street Masters is a lot of fun. So I, I would I would agree with you on this one. Uh, it's a great game, a lot of fun. Um, the characters really feel unique and distinct and have some awesome um, cards and combos. So it's a lot of fun. So that's going to kind of cover our 2018 look back. And let's look forward to 2019 and talk about what's kind of coming up and what we would like to see. So, Elijah, what's your most anticipated game of 2019? Oh, no, Steve. I think we all need to know what your game is of 2019. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you trying to say? Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- this is so funny because you've been bleeding and talking about this game. Like, it just oozes. So, I'm going to leave our listeners with that little uh, cliffhanger there. It's really uh, interesting. So, for me, for 2019, this is actually shipped to backers um, now. Uh, it's Nemesis. Um, so it's actually shipped to all over the world. Um, we are just waiting on the U.S. The shipping container, uh, the boats are still on their way. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I was hoping to get it this year. Unfortunately, they ran into some shipping snags. And so um, the U.S. isn't going to get it before the end of uh, the 2018 here. So I'm really looking forward to that. So if we count Nemesis as sort of already being out, um, it wouldn't fall into 2019, in which case... My most anticipated 2019 game is Brook City, so I'm really stoked um, for that game. I love the concept, um, kind of cops and robbers very generically, um, and fighting crime and sort of roaming around Miami Vice, and I love the Sadler Brothers. They're just great designers. Um, they've done a lot of great things with the Warhammer Quest game, Here's a Tearnoff, Street Masters, and so really pumped about this uh, Brook City. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on it and, and get it played and, and do a review on it. Yeah, I already mentioned that with my Street Masters um, game of the year, how I'm also super looking forward to Brook City, so I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the future from us. Quick nemesis, um, looking forward to that one. Um, once we get it played, we'll be doing a review of that and uh, talking about that on the podcast as well. So nemesis gives me that feel of aliens, I guess. How would you describe that? What what really drew that drew that game to you as being most anticipated? Um, so for me, I love the uh, the feeling of sort of dark space. Your ship is uh, sort of uh, dysfunctional, and you're you're trying to get home, or you're trying to get to some place, 
and you sort of have to get the systems functional. And so for me, I'm like role playing. I'm there. I can smell the stink of the hull, and I can feel the grease, you know, of the walls and sort of the buttons. And I just I love that. And then as you're there, right, there's this horror. Like there's this xenophile. There's this alien or aliens on the ship with like eggs and like, it's just crazy. Right. And so you're trying to be super quiet. So it's a little bit of stealth, um, a little bit of, uh, sort of that whole space and just sort of floating in space. I just love that. So for me, I'm just really pumped and I think it was really well produced. Um, so, so far looking at all the, re- um, the re- some of the reviews and pictures, um, the, the company did a really good job, I think with the component quality. And so just, I'm really pumped about it. Awesome. I really can't wait to see this. So especially with your passion as you describe this, it just gets me excited to try it out too. So <laughs> Yeah, so now Steve, I would love to hear your most anticipated game for twenty nineteen. So I have been looking forward to this game forever. Like ever since actually Elijah mentioned to me um some time ago before the Kickstarter even launched. Uh and so that game is Uboat. Oh my god. I this has is this is scratching all the itches I have. So <laughs> I have wanted a like a game that can really immerse you in that. And something that has more of a, uh, a simulation type experience. And that is this, where if you're not familiar with this game, um, you are working together, fully co-op, in real time, and and trying to operate the Zubo to do various missions. And it is uh, app-supported, or sorry, um, app-integrated, where you can't play this game without the app. But the app does things you can't do in a board game either. So you will actually take your your mobile device and hold it up and use it as a periscope to like look around uh, above the above the waters, the ocean surface, to scout out potential targets. And then you have to work together, doing some work at placement to um, actually coordinate your attack. And like the navigator, he actually has like a compass and he's drawing on this map trying to figure out uh, uh, attack vectors. And you have someone who has. Uh, the Enigma machine, and you're trying to decode messages, and oh my god, this like everything it just sounds so cool in this game, so immersive, and I cannot wait to get this. Really, Steve? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it was supposed to get here in December of this year, but it got uh, delayed for early next year in January. But you will for sure be hearing about this. Um, both Elijah and I backed it, and I cannot wait to get to the table. Yeah, this is one that I found years ago, a long time ago. So I sort of scour BGG for the really obscure games that are barely mentioned, and I look for those gems, and, and I found a couple, and this was one that just came a long time ago, and I'm a huge fan of the Enigma Machine sort of U-boats. I've read Diaries and um you know memoirs of uh, folks that have served on the boat um subs and stuff and so i'm really into kind of that world where i love history and so for me when i heard this game i added it to wish list and just kind of following and following it and i remember one time steve you were here and we're talking late at night and said something about a sub game and i'm like wait you boat and you're like yeah 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 and we just geeked out about it for like 20 minutes (laughs) as you were going out the door and uh, so for i'm super super um anticipating this game as well um definitely looks very cool uh has a lot of other great theme that i'm I'm really looking forward to so yeah this was uh, a tough one to not add for myself but I can contain the excitement, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I may have overhyped this game for myself, so we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not a letdown. I, I don't. I don't feel so. Uh, feel like it will be. So, really looking forward to this one as well. Awesome. Okay, let's uh, jump to the last topic we have, and that's let's talk about the direction we want to see in the board game hobby. So, what I mean by that is like let's talk about things you like seeing 
and trends in the board game hobby and things we don't like seeing in the board game hobby. So one thing I want to see more for direction in the board game hobby is simultaneous play. I love, love, love this mechanic where you are taking phases at the same time collectively as a group, but how you resolve specific steps, you can choose the order of that. And it really makes it engaging to everyone at the table and there's basically no downtime. Uh, Spirit Island is an excellent example of this. I know they, uh, uh, for the Street Masters coming up, they have a variant where you can play simultaneous in that as well. And it just, it just helps these games uh, move along uh, so much better where kind of reduce that downtime, um, maybe reduce the play time, and maybe not. It doesn't always in all cases because there's just so much to discuss at the table. But it just really brings out that cooperative nature, and I love seeing that. So, Steve, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, dudes on a map. We have so many Kickstarters coming out with just gobs of miniatures, and look at this. Oh, my goodness. And have you seen this? And, you know, I, I'm just – I think we need to kind of move away from that. Um, I'm okay if it's done right, but – um, I think all of us are familiar with a Kickstarter launching and look at all these minis you get and we're going to unlock more minis and it's more minis and more guys and and it's rolling dice. And we're moving around, you know, and we're assembling the tiles and it's modular and there's just so much of that. And so I would like to see something else. Let's come up with something different. And um, I guess I'm not sure what that would be. Uh, you know, one example that comes to mind is like Stuff Fables, kind of this book that you kind of turn and the book is the board that's just different and i'm not saying it's a great game or it's a bad game it's just you know i think we're seeing a lot of that so i i'm guessing you're probably going to agree with me on that one steve yes so much so i mean looking at the news we cover talk about games there's so many games it's like oh yeah here's another bunch of minis on a map and rolling dice to resolve combat and action stuff it's kind of got the same i don't know the same formula i mean obviously the, there's normally a spin to it and different themes and they're different games of course but I mean how how different are they from each other at some point I mean they start seeing you start seeing the same thing over and over again it, it kind of like wears you down where we need something more I don't know more unique and exciting to add to the mix yeah and I guess um, that's a big one for me I'd like to see uh, I'm going to chime in with another one here I'd like to see some new themes so I mean you know we have fantasy's great um, and, and I think you recently challenged me with this. We were talking about something else and it's like, you have fantasy, we have cyberpunk, we have sci-fi, you know, it's, those are the typical go-tos. And so I'm just looking for, I think it'd be great to come up with some new themes. Um, you know, like stuffed fables, just the fact that we're, and I use this again, right? Just thinking about it, but <clears throat> the fact that we're stuffed animals running around is just totally different, right? And, um, mm-hmm. you look at Charterstone and just the universe that is, or Scythe, um, Everdell came out and it just, and, and I mean the theme and sort of the universe and the concept, um, I've had an idea, like I, I would love to see being robots and sort of like, if you've ever seen the movie robots, like just kind of living in a robotic universe where sort of everything is automatons and, and robots, I mean, that would be cool. Right. And so just see a lot of like, um, even the, what we covered last week, this tainted realm or whatever it is. Tainted grail. Yep. Yeah. So is again, it's fantasy, right? It just feels again like we've been here with, um, say, Conan or something. So I just would love to see some new themes um, from you know the designers and uh, the publishers. Nope, completely agree. The fantasy we see all the time. We can totally do something more exciting than generic fantasy. So I'll jump in with another one. Um, I do like Pandemic. I think it's a fun game. I really, I do enjoy it. But oh my gosh, 
we can i think we can stop it with all these pandemic variations coming out <laughs> like at some point um the pandemic title just doesn't make sense to me like from a thematic standpoint i i know it's a marketing thing where like okay if i see pandemic it's got the same mechanics in there and that's fine but oh man like i'm ex- i'm actually excited for pandemic fall of rome i haven't played it yet but i'm really looking forward to that but i kind of wish they just would have dropped the pandemic off the title and just made it its own game yeah, it's using the same engine, but yeah, just stop it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to Pandemic, the grocery store game. I mean, exactly. I just, I'm super pumped for Pandemic, the racetrack game. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm sure they're out there and we're just waiting for them. So I totally agree with you on this one, Steve. I would love to see more superheroes. So we have a lot of great movies that have come out and we have more, right? So we have Spider-Man being rehashed. We have Thanos and all of these great movies, Ant-Man. And where are the board games? So I don't know if it's a licensing thing, but I would love to personally see. I mean, we have Legendary. That's probably the closest thing I think you're going to get. WizKids um, is coming out with some new um, HeroClix system with uh, some of the Marvel stuff. You can go look that up on their site. Um, but I would love to see. And so this kind of might fall into my realm. What, what I would purchase is, can you imagine a dungeon crawler that was not a dungeon crawler, but superheroes? And so, again, you know, you can kick me for this one, um, but dudes on a map. But can you imagine having tiles or a board that's modular and you're fighting your way through an alley and then a lab and sort of like a warehouse and you're fighting bad guys and you're superheroes, right? So you Wolverine and whoever. I would just love to see more superhero uh, type games. I think this is one that, you know, Marvel must be, it must be really difficult to get the license. Maybe it's very expensive. I'm not quite sure, but we just don't see a lot of superhero games. Um, so I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see that. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I said earlier how much I like superheroes and I, I suspect the Marvel license is very hard to get, but I guess to push it back on you, would you be okay with something like Sentinels of the Multiverse where, yeah, it's not your Marvel, DC, or in, or indie type comic book characters everyone knows and loves, but kind of a rehashing or inspired by these characters. Yeah, this is tough because um, those heroes are specific to that universe and that game, and it's not quite as familiar, right, for all of us who follow the comics or the movies. And so for me, it will scratch that itch if you're looking to be like, hey, I can shoot lasers out of my eyes, but it just doesn't. I want to be Wolverine. I want to be Doctor Strange. I want to kick Magneto's butt, right? That's what I want to do. And I think that happens, like I said, in Legendary, but just I'd love to see more. I wish we had more games like Pandemic, the Marvel game, and, you know, <laughs> and Pandemic, the or uh, Uno, the Marvel game, or, you know, whatever. And, it, and like, look at Sword and Sorcery, the AI in that game, the way it works. I just would love to see villains, and I would love to see some. Um, you know, that to me is the dudes on the map game. I would, I would back in an instant. Um, there is a Batman miniatures game. I think that came out, um, you know, you can go look that up. It's kind of, uh, scratches that itch, but the problem is it's not co-op for me. So I'd love to see a co-op uh, heroes game. And back to your point, you know, Sentinels multiverse, again, it might scratch that itch, but it's something I'd like to see the industry move just to, you know, for me print. I mean, star Wars fantasy flight is just printing that like money. So, um, I'd love to see some superhero stuff like that. Yeah, and another game I kind of want to see, I feel like we haven't seen much at all, is getting looking at miniature game. And what I mean by miniature game is not just a board game with miniatures, but an actual uh, build your forces or a team uh, miniatures game like 40K or um, even to a lesser extent a, a Star Wars X-Wing, for example. But a cooperative version of that. I know um, 
Elijah, you mentioned earlier in the podcast about uh, Fallout Wasteland Warfare, which is a cooperative capable miniature game. And that's kind of the only one I know of right now. But there's another one coming out, I believe it's Planet of the Apes. So we'll have to look into that when it comes out, hits the news. But I feel like this is an untapped genre for co-op games. I don't know if there's a, a huge uh, difficulty when it comes to designing uh, something in that genre, but I would love to see something, some more games like that. Yep, I would agree. Um, this is something actually you and I were talking about as well recently. And, you know, you do have the 40K, you have Star Wars Legion, and they're always versus. And I would love to see a co-op tabletop miniature whether it's little cardboard cutouts of uh, garbage cans or dumpsters or, you know, whatever. Again, let's try to roll with some new theme here. It'd be cool. Um, Max, maybe. And I don't know, you know, whatever it is, I think it'd be a lot of fun. The tabletop uh, genre sort of has its own scene, I think, with people. Um, it's not going to be your bring to Christmas and set up, maybe, but um, I'd love to see it. Don't like you on that one. I'll jump to my last thing here, Steve. Um, app integration. So I'm not somebody who minds it. I, I like, I'm okay with apps being integrated. I'm not necessarily a fan of the app being the entire game. Um, I think Chronicles of Crime is a good example where a lo- almost everything happens in the app. Super cool, right? So it keeps the game very flexible. Um, but I feel like for me, you would just be too much in the app. And then you have things like XCOM where, you know, the apps are sort of the timer and things. Um, we have Mansions of Madness, where the app is sort of the DM or the dungeon master or the gamekeeper, and um, that's great as well. So I, I, I would like to see more games maybe looking to use an app just to help with the fiddliness, timers, trackers, card shuffling, round stuff. I think it's okay. You know, most everybody these days is going to have a phone at the table, and you know, if you could bust it out, and we don't have to lean heavily on the app, but I mean, it, I'm totally okay with um, you know seeing a little bit more. And I guess that is a double-edged sword because, you know, if you have a game that has app integration, um, what does it mean, right, for people, right? So I may not buy that because I don't want to have my phone at the table. That's the whole point, right, just to unplug, get down to the cardboard and just be across the table from folks and not looking at my screen. So uh, I realize there's people out there like that. And again, I'm not saying in every game, but I think there's games out there where there's a lot of shuffling and cards and a lot of tokens and chits. And an app would, could function really well, which is one little tap, 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 and we're done. And it just helps keep track of a lot of that maintenance on the table. Yeah, I agree. And I would add one more thing to that as well. And I'm a sucker for uh, creative or intelligent AIs to play against. And that's one major reason why I like Swan Sorcery so much is because that AI responds to you and it, it does feel like it's intelligent as opposed to some other games. Like uh, just recently I was playing um, a playthrough for V Command, so you can check it out on Colin's YouTube channel, but yeah, I had a big explosion and like these Nazis kind of like wandered off into this other corner. Like it's, it's just not intelligent. Like obviously if you heard an explosion, you would probably head that direction. Assume, <laughs> assuming you're doing your job, right? So um, if you had an app, you could totally have that. You can have these, these decisions where it's not just, you know, luck of drawing the card at the right time to simulate um, or a clever response by a, a fake opponent. But have the app have some very interesting and clever ways of challenging the players at the at the board. So make really adjust the difficulty of that and make everyone engaged at this smart system you're trying to play against. I, I really enjoy that. So that's something I would like to see in app integration. And with that said, that's going to wrap up our episode, our recap of 2018. I'd just like to take the moment to say a personal thanks to all our community members, everyone on Slack, everyone who downloads our uh, audio podcasts, 
and everyone on YouTube who contributes and comments to us. And, and we love interacting with you guys. It's been a blast seeing the uh, community grow. Uh, and thanks, Elijah, for joining me on this crazy ride. It's been fun. And thanks, Mike and Peter, for uh, putting up with us, <laughs> letting us help you guys create some content. And, uh, and Colin, as well, for opening up his YouTube channel for us to help contribute to the, the co-op cause. Yes, and I hope everybody has a safe holiday and you're able to play many enjoyable games. And with that said, let's bring this episode to a close. If you have any news or, or games you want us to discuss or any topics, feel free to email us at onestopcoopshop at gmail.com. And please join our Slack if you want to talk with us directly. I'll have a link in the show notes below. And we'll see you at the next stop. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Co-OpCast, your one-stop for cooperative game news and reviews. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please review us on iTunes. And while you're there, check out Mindless Fate. They provide our bumper music. Also, check out Colin on his YouTube channel, One Stop Co-op Shop, and follow us on Facebook at One Stop Co-OpCast. Finally, join our Slack group by emailing us at MVP Board Games for continued discussion on these topics throughout the week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. And that is simultaneous play. Um, I think Spirit Masters... Oh, my God. Spirit Masters? New game. <laughs> yes, let's Spirit do Spirit Masters, we're doing this. Love it. <laughs> <laughs>